The Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Friday, April 14th edition of The Sheila Zielinski Show. Before I get to my amazing guests in this very timely topic, I just want to let people know that I'm going to be giving everyone an update on some changes on Monday because there are some changes coming. I feel that God is leading this ministry in a different area, and I'm really fasting and praying and pressing into what that is. And I'm taking the rest of April off. I'm going to be in Colorado with my guests today. And this is going to be amazing, life-changing teaching. So I just want to let people know Tune in Monday for a show I'm doing with Mark Taylor, and at the end of that, I'm going to give everybody an update on what's coming because there is some new changes coming. So be listening to Monday's show, again, the final show in the month of April. And you know, I'm not sure after Monday when I'm going to be back on the air because there's a whole lot of things that need to change. So get in the shows while you can because again, Monday is my last show for the month of April. When am I back on the air? Well, after I really seek God about some things. And so I'll be back on when the Lord says, go back on. Anyway, I want to get into my show because this is so timely. It's not even funny how timely this show is. The show today is entitled Curses. You have them and you're not even aware of it. And we're going to show you how to get set free from them today. It's a very timely topic. And without further ado... It is my incredible friends, Sharon and Monty Mulkey, West Coast Church of Deliverance. Welcome to the program, Sharon and Monty. It's a pleasure to have you back on. Good to be here. Yes, thank you, Sheila. It's great to be on your program. Well, like I said, we're talking about curses. We're going to get into generational curses, other curses. I'm telling you, folks, you come in with a boatload of curses, whether you believe that or not. And a lot of people do not believe in curses. But as Carla always says, and I have to steal her line, would you call it a blessing? Guess what, folks? Everyone has curses. Yeah, that's right. You listening, you have curses. Sharon and Monty, I am going to hand you the mic and I'll jump in whenever. But Monty, first, would you start us off in prayer over this show, please? Yeah, absolutely. Let's begin our program with that. Heavenly Father, we come in your presence today in Jesus' name. We pray for your spirit to be upon us today, upon our discussion here as we're looking at curses. And Father, we thank you that we can gather and do this. We pray for your word to go out, not return void, Lord. And Father, we take authority over every spirit that would hinder the broadcast, that would in any way block people from hearing, understanding, or getting the help that they desire in Jesus' name. And we pray, Father, to bring glory and honor to your son, Jesus. And in his name we pray today. Amen. Amen. Okay. Praise the Lord. Well, it's good to get a chance to visit with all you out there. And it's been on our heart for a little while to share some things that we've began to understand throughout all these years about curses and what to do about them and things of that sort. With that, Sharon, do you have some introductory comments on where we're going today? Yeah. One thing I'd like to start with, Monty, is just sharing with the people that there is nothing new under the sun, just like the Bible says. And curses have been since the beginning of time. Well, some people may be saying, well, gee, what is a curse? And the purpose of curses, it's aimed at punishing or changing behavior and or controlling the actions of other people. The aim is to see harm, even unto death, that is to befall the recipient. Some people call them a jinx, a hex, a dark spell. They can be verbal written or uh, cast through elaborate rituals. One of the things, too, is that a curse is also called an execration. Is any manner of adversity thought to be afflicted by any supernatural power, such as a spell, a prayer, imprecation, a magic, witchcraft, the natural force, or a spirit? And the study of the forms of curses comprises a significant proportion of the study of both uh, folk religion and folk lore. The deliberate attempt to levy curses is often part of the practice of magic. We have it in African-American and African voodoo, the jinx, 
and the Haitians, and is very, very well known. It's also a form of foot track magic and root magic, whereby cursed objects are laid in the paths of victims and activated when walked over. Middle Eastern and Mediterranean culture is the source of the belief in the evil eye, which may be the result of envy, but more rarely it's said to be the result of a deliberate curse. You, Everyone probably has heard of the evil eye. Many people wear the evil eye as jewelry, which is not a good thing. German people, including the Pennsylvania Dutch, speak in terms of hexing from the German word for witchcraft. And a common hex in those days was laid by a stable witch who caused the milk cows to go dry and horses to go lame. Greek and Roman curses were somewhat formal and official, called katadesmoi by the Greeks, Tabulae defixions by the Romans. They were written on lead tablets or other materials, generally invoked the aid of a spirit, a deity, a demon, or you know one of the dead, which we know as demons, to accomplish their aim. The petitioner utters a prayer or formula that the enemy would suffer injury in some specific way, such as theft or loss, even of respect. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Along with the reason for the curse. The Romans, Etruscans, and Greeks in Italy all practice this. In archaeological finds, they buried the curses so well that today we have a body of curse inscriptions to tell us how they did it. The Celtics had their own curses. They had cursed eggs. Uh, they cursed the milk. They, in those times, they cursed a lot of things that had uh, to do directly with people's livelihood and making a living. The first curse in the Bible is put on the serpent by God. You are cursed right. more than all cattle, Genesis 3.14, as a result of Adam and Eve disobeying God. I think it's very interesting, and some people who think this is just oh, a figment of people's imagination, hokey-pokey, they don't realize that curses are a real thing. This is Absolutely. not just something made up in fairy tale or folktale. A curse is a real thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's part of the problem with spiritual warfare deliverance not being trained to Christians today. They just think that because they're Christian, that they're not under any effective curses and that they don't have to do anything about it, which nothing could be further from the truth. And sometimes people even will claim a, a verse in Proverbs that says, so the curse causes will not come. Well, if somebody utters a curse, that's the cause. <laughs> There's all kinds of curses. And to deal with them, Christians have to appropriate their authority in breaking them off because just trying to ignore them or let them go doesn't end the curse that's been pronounced against them. And until Christians break them off and use their authority over them, they can continue to have great amount of, of uh, effect and enforcement over people and families. Well, and we must remember that the roots of this is witchcraft, black magic, but the root of curses is demonic, it's evil, it's from Satan, mostly. I mean, yes, um, God cursed the serpent, and people can curse themselves in different ways, and we can go into that in a little bit later, but curses do follow down family lines, and this is what would predispose a person to poverty, sicknesses, diseases, not able to find a mate in marriage. I mean, the curses that have come down, and by showing you how far back curses go, who in your family line hasn't uttered even a word that even curse someone in their own family? They say to their children, like, oh, you are just going to grow up and amount to nothing. <laughs> yeah. That is cursing. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't blessing, and this doesn't mean that you lie to people, but this goes back to Adam and Eve cursing. So it is in every family line. It is affecting people in ways that they don't even realize goes back to this curse that is in the family line because of something that the family did or said could be 500 years ago. And right. they do like to stay in family lines. Yeah, So definitely. there is a lot of relief Simply breaking a curse over a person, let's say a curse of poverty, is good. Then you have to go after the spirits of poverty, and there's always steps behind the immediate thing. Everybody just kind of wants to look at the surface of issues instead of going down deeply. Also, you will reap what you sow 
if your family line was just a bunch of horse thieves, you can be reaping the consequences of that unrighteous living on yourself. Let me add in here too, something that may help people that when you study the word curse in the Bible, there's actually three different Greek and Hebrew meanings to it. And two of the words are close, so it gets confusing. But the the word curse means it's the expression, a violent expression of evil on someone, loosing demons or calling on a deity. But the term to be cursed, C-U-R-S-E-D, means to be under a curse or something that's not acceptable to God. And that's where the area of uh, generational curses, such as uh, the generational curses of poverty or alcoholism, not something that's not acceptable to God, that travels on. But that's kind of a different quality than the word curse. And then there's the other meaning, anathema, which means to be separated from God. And these are often curses that come upon non-believers for uh, dabbling in the occult or idolatry or something. And that's where quite often people will make the comment to us, you know, that, well, I'm saved, therefore, you know, I'm under the blood, there's no curses against my life. Well, that's not true because the breaking of curses is something that needs to be appropriated in the same manner that just because by his stripes we were healed doesn't mean that you never ever pray again for healing when you get sick or that you're never ever going to get sick again (laughs) just because you became a Christian. And so... As we study the scriptures, we see that curses are as well talked about and taught in the New Testament. In fact, Revelation 22, 3 says, and then there shall be no more curse. That means not until the great throne judgment will Christians have to deal with curses. And the saying that curses are under the blood or generational curses don't affect me is just burying your head in the sand and ignoring them. The fact that it's like, I don't have any termites in my house just because I can't see them while they're destroying your house, which is what demons and curses do. They systematically keep working and working and working until it's too late. The damage they've done is so far spread, and uh, it's sad that that it's taught that understanding and breaking off curses, be it generational or, or evil ascent, you need to fight back. We are at war, and you can't just hang your sword above the mantle and ignore the fact that they're there, because it may be too late. And by the way, if you break off a curse, you're not hurting anything <laughs> anyway. I'd rather be sure than not, uh, but ignoring them can, could be the end of your life or someone you love or something and have great effect. It could cause you to lose your job or sickness or something, but you might be surprised that when you start breaking curses that life goes better. People don't realize that in Galatians 3.13, which I think is kind of unusual in itself because of the demonic numerology, and they love 3 and 13 and 11 and all that. In Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, and that means he redeemed, he bought us back from the curse of the law, and this really enabled the Gentiles to come into the knowledge of salvation. Otherwise, Gentiles could never have been saved through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. In James 3, 9, it says, Therefore, bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. I think people need to do a study. They need to find out what the Bible says for themselves. So many people have are in such a rush today. The devil has put incredible time pressures on everyone by design so that no one will just sit down and go to a good Bible and say, okay, let's read what the Lord says on this. One of the things that I and Monty really want to bring up is that there has been a marked increase in death and heart attacks and severe attacks on Christians lately. And we really feel people have got to get a grip with cursing and how they're doing it today to people. Yes, it is a real thing. And you really need to start understanding this or you could end up on the dead end of someone's curse because the amount and the effectiveness and the severity of uh, how they are cursing us is leading to more and more deaths. Just this last week, we've had three calls come in for deaths. So we feel it is very important to realize how this stuff is working today against them. And if we don't appropriate what Christ has given us, 
you're not going to win the battle and you can end up dead. And it's no one's fault. It's not God's fault because right. he has given us all things. Do you want to expound on this a little bit more, Monty? Because it's it's really uh, stepped up, this demonic activity through cursing. Yeah, it really has. And again, I think it goes back to the fact that Christians don't know anything about spiritual warfare. Pastors aren't trained or taught this in the universities anymore. So people don't know anything. So they just say, oh, well, it doesn't doesn't affect me. Well, it really does. There's a, has a big effect. That virtue quote in James says, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and curses. Curses actually do happen today, and they continue on. And the day and age we live in, the spiritual battle, Scripture talks about will increase more and more and more due to the days of the time before the Lord Jesus returns, that the battle is going to heat up. And if Christians aren't going to fight back for their own lives and resist the enemy, they will succumb to something. Take uh, uh, the comment again that, well, I'm under the blood. Well, what happens if you're in rebellion or something or you <laughs> you do something that God's not happy with? Does that mean then that the curses have an opportunity to come in? I mean, the, the thinking is just... It's because people don't know and they don't understand the warfare that we're at and how much is going on. I mean, these witches are serious about sending out curses, praying against Christians. They are fasting and praying, committing human sacrifice for Christians to be destroyed. And Monty and Sharon, when have we ever seen in history front page news headlines saying witches are doing incantations on people? They openly confess that they were doing incantations and hexes and vexes and spells on Donald Trump. They're not even hiding it anymore, and they're getting bold. Absolutely, and it's it's increasing the day and age that we live in much more than when we first got into deliverance. Christians need to understand and learn about it. And it's not everything in our arsenal of, of uh, spiritual warfare, but it's a major component that people need to understand there's a level of deception that's even in the body of Christ, and they've deceived themselves into thinking that, oh, this won't hurt me. In Judges 5.23, it says, because they came not to the help of the Lord against the mighty, they were cursed. And uh, who wants to read that scripture in church? <laughs> but if you're not doing what God has commanded us to do, in essence, you are cursed. How many people are doing salvation, healing, and deliverance? Period. If they're not doing that, it says because they came not to the help of the Lord, and the burden of the Lord is to see people saved, healed, and delivered. So there's um, because of the cotton candy churches, and you have to keep telling them things and tickling their ears so that they will keep helping you build a bigger church. The pastors aren't telling the people the hard facts. And the sad thing is, it's going to damage and totally, it's going to destroy. The people, I was quite uh, shocked the other day doing some research, came upon jewels and gems. All of a sudden, they're appearing in Christians' houses and churches. But did you know, isn't this interesting, going back to nothing new under the sun, in Ireland, cursing stones are stones that are stroked and turned to the left as the curse is recited. Gems and crystals possess the power to hold curses. So... People, you know, our ignorance is going to destroy us if we don't get educated. And it's not that God isn't showing people the truth. And like through your program, Sheila, I mean, um, he will lead us into all truth. He shows you the truth. You share the truth. But once you've heard the truth, you really have to decide to follow it. But these gems and crystals are nothing more than old-fashioned methods of cursing it's so serious, and I just see Christians dying. And I, one of the things, too, that I want to get to is curses in the church. Is your pastor cursing you? Is your pastor cursing you? You know, the uh, tools of the trade for witchcraft and cursing is not just potions and poisons and elixirs and the wand. It's the extension of the hand. You know, you see in all these churches, you know, and they all put out their hands. And actually, that's a method and a way that the witches cast spells to torture, weaken, control, or eliminate People are just not up to the Luciferian witchcraft that's going on in these churches. And 
Curses, they damage the mind and the body. We have uh, post-hypnotic suggestion type curses that come in. And a lot of these big churches use hypnotic control. And then anything that they're told under this hypnosis goes into their life and creates this invisible belief system that the people start believing and acting on, which in the end will destroy them. But this post-hypnotic state that they're in, whatever the pastor or anybody tells them, goes into them, and they start fulfilling what has ever been suggested to them. This power of suggestion that works is horrific. That's why your doctor, oh, you've got cancer, you're going to die. You know, then the spirits of fear and horror and terror are loosed into the people. And it just layer by layer. And so many kids have received this growing up. Oh, you're good for nothing. You're not going to amount to anything. Oh, you're just a little whore. And using these hypnotic methods to implant the suggestions of misfortune into their mind. And that's what they use in black magic and voodoo a lot. Satanic rituals and cults and brainwashing, they all use this hypnosis. And people go, oh, oh, they would never do that in my church. Well, I'm so sorry to say that a lot of the pastors in the churches are witches who have been assigned to these churches to destroy the Christian church. And I have a lot of documentation on that, and I'll be going into that more. But uh, the devil is playing for keeps. And, you know, we can, we'll pray over generational curses, but we also need to pray over the curses that you're getting every day from everyone around you. Galatians 1.8, but though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you, let him be accursed. Mm -hmm. So if people have listened to, or if any lay pastors have taught anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified, they are cursed. Right. And you take on whatever pastor you sit under, you get his spirit. And so there's many people who have sat under these people. Then by God's grace, somehow they find out that it's wrong, but they're still carrying all that destruction from that church. Galatians 1.9 says the same thing, you know, and Galatians 3.10. Galatians was really addressing current day issues that we're having. Go ahead, Monty. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It's unfortunate, but there's there's so many strange doctrines that are being taught out there that have nothing to do with what Christ commissioned us to go forward to teach, which you could sum it up very easy with salvation, healing, and deliverance, and the gifts of the Spirit were to empower us to do those things. Well, now we have, I call them extra-biblical doctrines, extreme faith, things which are nothing but witchcraft and being slain in the Spirit, which is, is just a, a high form of hypnotism. And many people don't know how to recognize when somebody's trying to produce hypnosis on them. And if they sit in a church that's doing that continually, trying to get them to give, 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 instead of just telling them, pay your tithe, 10%, that's it, end of story, the box is at the back of the church. Christians are manipulated constantly because they don't have the knowledge and understanding of what's being worked against them. The curses in any form, be it hypnosis or hexes, vexes from witches or, I mean, good people do curses as well. Shouldn't be that way, but yeah, it, it just saddens us that we see so many people fall under the power of these things. Just like Paul, when he addressed the Galatians, he said, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Yeah. Well, that's a form of witchcraft. I was just looking at the, the one verse, so the curse causes shall not come. But if the curse has come, somebody caused it to come, Bingo. is how that reads. In the same way that a bird flies, a swallow is going to fly, he's going to fly. Curses are going to come, and so the cause of the curse has to be dealt with. And you do that by the prayer of faith, Father, in Jesus' name, I break off this curse that has come by whoever pronounced it, in Jesus' name. Go ahead, Sharon. I'd like to give some practical application to what we're talking about. Let's mm -hmm. say you start a new job. So you go to your job, and you're very thankful to God that you even got a job. And all of a sudden, there's somebody there that just doesn't like you because they feel threatened. Or you're a Christian, and they don't want you to come into their territory. These people can start cursing you and cursing you with images of jealousy to get you out of your job and for you to lose your job. There's even places where uh, they are praying that Christians don't get into jobs. Every day, you need to be breaking 
all the curse, hex, spells, psychic enchantments, and things against you that are coming against us. And this has increased in just this last bit of time, I've noticed, because they want to kill you, to destroy you. They don't want you to have any kind of life. These people will stop at nothing to get what they want. And mm -hmm. so it's very, very serious. People, they could be losing jobs, they could be getting fired, which puts them right into poverty because they're not daily taking authority and breaking off these curses that are coming on them. This is right. not to scare people. This should bring you hope that though we live in perilous times, God has given provisions for this time. God says we have to appropriate it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If he is for us, who can be against us? Well, we know that a lot of people are against us, but God has given us provision to be able to take care of our families, to not coincide uh, protection like that. And this is what people are coming up against, and they're not realizing where this resistance is coming from. They, they don't. And, you know, when I first got into deliverance, nothing like a good visual that shows you the reality of curses. And we had just moved to Hegwish and I'd gotten a job and I was working one night and a man come up to me and and stood in my face and says, I know who you are. You're one of those Christians. Well, I have, you know, I'm I'm a witch and I curse you. He said that and turned around, walked away. But we had been there long enough. We were already being taught on breaking these. And I just simply said, oh, no, you're not. I know what to do with curses. And I break that off in Jesus' name. And he walked over. And within five minutes, he had cut three fingers off of his <laughs> left hand. And he was out of work for about six months with that. And, you know, Christians do have accidents and destruction and things because they often don't return to things. And that's part of the understanding of curses is returning them, especially when it's a a violent expression of evil that's meant to destroy you like the worker. And you know what? I'd rather it was his fingers cut off than mine. I had a family to feed. But it sure taught me the reality that, no, we can break curses off. We can return them. And they are real. And when that guy came back to work for me, he would not even be in the same room as me. He knew exactly what had happened, and he left me alone. He wouldn't look me in the eye anymore. It completely uh, showed him the reality that Christians have more authority and power than those in witchcraft do. One thing, too, is um, there was a book out by Rebecca Brown, and she was trying to tell and teach everybody, oh, no, don't return the curses. Don't return the curses. Well, that's something a witch would tell you. And she is a witch. Yeah. And her books are horrible. But here's how Pastor Wynn explained it to us. UPS drives up. They got a box of rattlesnakes. He goes, here you go. Here's your rattlesnakes. What are you going to do? You're going to go, I didn't order any rattlesnakes. You send them back to who sent them to me. And that's what curses are. They are deadly. They're meant to destroy and to kill and to harm you and your family and everything you hold dear. So you just send the snakes back to whoever sent them. I bind them to that person. And Pastor Wynn shared with us, he said, this is a type of discipline to these people. They have got to know that there is a consequence to their actions too. Exactly. We're not being evil. We're not being spiteful. We're not being, you do it without any emotion. You're just telling the UPS guy, take the snakes back. I didn't order them. People really need to understand that you send them back and put them on the head of the sender. And it's a discipline for them too. Right. We've seen several witchcraft covens literally destroyed and broken up by just sending their curses that they sent out back. And now, what I want to address is something I dealt with with myself. That, I mean, I talk about a generational nightmare I came out of. My dad's family's Native American Indian paganism, so that's yeah. a real curse. And then my mom's family was Scottish Freemasonry, the Scottish Rite Freemasonry. You know, between Catholics on my dad's side, which I'm telling you what right now, folks, Catholicism, there is a deep, dark curse. And we don't know what our families do in Monty and Sharon 10 no generations way. back. You're absolutely right, Sheila, and those are the things that we usually take care of in doing deliverance. You know, we, we break all those things off on the ancestral line because they can have great power and influence over the direction your course of life goes. And 
I think many Christians have had the opportunity to do that, and they should do that. And if the if the Holy Spirit kind of mentions to them, I want you to break a family line curse on that, you should do that. It isn't maybe just a one-time deal and it's all done. Be sensitive to the how, how the Holy Spirit would be, you know, directing you. This is a daily battle against witches and uh, demons. They are out to get you. And this is a daily battle that this is like a warfare prayer. And like your excellent book, Sheila, that you and Carla wrote in breaking off. But this has to be done daily because these witches are sending these things daily. You don't have to be afraid. It's just something that we do and we get to do. The other thing I want to bring up in generational is a lot of people will swear, they'll give an oath if they belong to lodges, fraternities, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, it's like everybody has to swear an oath. Mm -hmm. Everybody has to give a vow. An oath is really a solemn appeal to a deity or to some revered person or thing. So I think people may not realize that they are still under the influence of oaths maybe they have done themselves in organizations and companies that they are presently in or were in and or their ancestors were in. So I think people need to realize that they need to ask God to break off the power of oaths. And when you pledge, what pledge means in the verb form, it's to bind. Okay, to bind. We don't want to be bound up. So there's pledges that people have given. A vows is another thing, a, a solemn promise made to a deity or a saint committing oneself to an act, service, or condition. So I think there's many things that people are still being influenced by that they didn't realize was coming under the umbrella of cursing, yeah. cursed, and uh, curses. Yeah, exactly. So I would just encourage people to ask God to show you where you need to break off and cut off and whatever he tells you to do with vows, pledges, oaths, and any type of thing that you've made in any profession or club, I would really examine that. Even the, the drinking of a toast and things, you know, where they, they'll cross their arms and yeah. make a toast to be blood brothers or things. There's, there's Curses are real. <laughs> they could definitely come in, in many different forms, and we're just not going to be able to cover all of it today. Uh, generational curses, just that alone is a big area. You have the the curses of the end times that we live in that they're constantly broadcasting and sending against you. It's recorded in the music and things. You have the area of curses where you bring cursed objects in the house. And God says, you know, if, if you bring something to cult in your house, then you've brought the curse into your house. And I always ask people, how many demons do you want running around inside your house? Yeah, so true. Well, Sharon and Monty, in the last part of the program, before we get into some deliverance here, I would really appreciate it, Monty, if you could talk to the folks about the upcoming conference here in April 21st, 22nd, 23rd. I'm so excited about it. Carla Butad and I are going to be there. Talk about the importance of people getting out to this, Monty. Okay. Well, there's there's so many things that comes with that, and especially if if they don't have a deliverance church where they can go to and systematically Sunday after Sunday get personal deliverance. These conferences are really good. One, they they show people how we do deliverance, and it shows them a view of a church that is literally at war. Uh, so there's there's training, there's the fellowship, the joining in with like-minded believers, the personal deliverance that they get, and the workshops really bring a, a take care of a great amount of needs. They're not everything, but even in our own group, we need to have a workshop about every three or four months. We found out that if we go longer than that, it's too long, and we get beat up too much, and the workshops really tip the scales back on the enemy. They really build you up, set you free more. Uh, the devil's scared of a united army approach instead of the uh, the lone ranger that doesn't feel they need to join in anything. Christians uh, miss that whole concept of, of warfare and war that you need to be part of an army. And the army prays for itself. They pray for each other. So you develop godly soul ties and as well as the new teachings and trainings that come out that will help you. And it's quite miraculous how when people come, the messages that they need 
will be the ones that are presented. I think one thing, too, I'd like to share is that deliverance is part of the Great Commission, and it's to be a way of life. It's not an event that you go to. Uh, It's not like you go to a show and then go home. Salvation, healing, and deliverance, God is teaching His people a lifestyle. It's not an event. It's a lifestyle Deliverance should be in every church, and then the church should teach every family how to do deliverance at home when they need it. And then coming together in a body is so beneficial because everyone has blind spots, and we all have something to learn, and this is what we can do in a body. And it's it's very beneficial, and God is all about relationships, forming relationships and godly relationships, and that's what this does. And they're for life. You just, they're lifelong friends. And Pastor Wynn told us, you know, he said, before you go out and do anything, you build an army of people behind you to cover you. And so like our church, we would pray one for another. When Monty would go out and do meetings, they would pray for him and cover him. A lot of people go out by themselves and they don't have this backup people to keep them in prayer. And it really leaves them vulnerable to the enemy. And You know, deliverance workers are very spread out all over the world. We know that, genuine. But, you know, it seems like we're becoming one family anyway. And you can pray around the world. There's no time or distance to prayer. And so if you're one person on the North Pole, you're still covered and protected and prayed for by a group of people that love you. And I'll just throw this in here, too, though, Sharon and Monty. The biggest thing I get, and this is a worldwide ministry People all over tell me, we've left our church. We just cannot find a church that preaches the word. And they have just left the church. And this is heartbreaking to me. It is, Sheila. I mean, because they are hearing the Spirit of the Lord say, come out and be separate. But pretty soon, you're just at home by yourself. But see, God had us start there, Sheila. We started home alone, so to speak. It was just Monty and I. And God did that for a purpose because, one, we have compassion. We have been there. So we know what it's like to be all by ourselves. And so that's why we have a heart to minister to those kind of people. And, you know, that's one good thing about TV, I guess, and Internet, is that we can come together and interface that way. But it's heartbreaking. And we know we've been there. We started there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's not a control issue or it's, we're not trying to build some big mega church even. We're just trying to help God's people. And when Christians don't, ha- they have no place to go to where they could get spiritual training. They may be better off quitting the church they go to anyway, but they can link in long distance and maybe they can't attend every workshop, but that, that linking in creates a godly soul tie. They're not alone. And the training and the strengthening, if you think of the picture of the soldiers linking their arms together, their shields together, and in many ways, it's it's that kind of thing. And once you make ties with other Christians in deliverance, when you're in time of need, you can call them or text them or email and say, hey, pray for me. And you know that you're going to get good spiritual warfare deliverance prayer. It really chases the enemy away when you've made friends with other deliverance workers. It's absolutely necessary and essential, but you know the devil keeps people's time occupied. And so we encourage people to just come, come see and experience and we have people all around the world that they can't wait for the next issue of monthly CDs because they've they have nothing locally. But our next conference is April 21st to 23rd, and we hope to have at least another two this year. But we post them on our website, which is wccd.com. Uh, you look at our calendar, click on the calendar page, and uh, the dates that are chosen will be on there. And then also we have a flyer that can be downloaded and. And most of the time, they're very generic flyer, but they'll give you the dates and the costs and so forth. And you could use them to send them in or send me an email if you need more information, such as airports or how to get here. It's all day. It begins early Friday morning. We go all day Friday, Saturday, and probably three-fourths of the day Sunday. So uh, if you come, try and plan to come for the whole thing. The part you miss is usually the part that you needed the most. and. <laughs> And so we encourage people to, if they can afford it, to stay and not fly out till Monday morning. That way you won't miss anything and 
And it seems like there's always great fellowship after the workshop uh, in the evening or the next morning. So, And if this date is already booked in your life and you just can't get away, well, let us know. We can send you in some format the messages that are taught, and you can begin to link in even if you can't come, and maybe the next date will work for you. But we try to have three to four of these a year. And uh, those of us here, we need them. We actually live from workshop to workshop. So we hope people can attend. Again, it's it's for the people's benefit. It's not because we're trying to build something big. Uh, Lord knows we've got enough to do. (laughs) As you were saying that, I thought, boy, oh, boy, if you wanted to build a bigger church, a person would not get into deliverance ministry. Let me tell you that. I think something like this venue is absolutely imperative. It's invaluable for people to make those connections. As you said, there's so many Lone Rangers out there that are very alone. I'm expecting God to do amazing things at this. And I'll tell you, if you can get out, folks, do that. And in the waning moments, Sharon and Monty, would you do us the honor of doing some mass deliverance around curses, please, if you would. It would be just such a blessing. Sure, absolutely. Thank you, Sheila, for asking us. And we'd love to do that. Let's do that. And I'm going to pray some prayers in some certain ways. And, you know, they're kind of generic prayers, but those listening, you can pray the exact same thing. You don't need a pastor or a minister to pray it over you. You can pray the same type of prayers yourself. And if you don't know the name of something that's going on, just name the activity. But All Christians in the name of Jesus Christ have authority to break off curses. Breaking off curses is a faith-applied prayer. You, You pray it by faith, and that breaks it off. Now, one thing that I should mention is that breaking off curses is not doing deliverance. The the curse is like a a doorway or an opening where evil spirits are able to come in or to uh, create the problems that they do. So you could take away the legal writing. You could send the summons to trespassers that are in your house, and they could ignore it. The deliverance part is going in there and pulling them out of the house. So Christians need to understand that doing deliverance, which is the second part of this warfare, has to be followed up. So, And you may or may not be able to kick your own demons out, and if you can't, get somebody to help you. But breaking the curses often destroys the legal grounds or the, the, the network of stuff that they've got against your life. So with that, let's come before the Lord and pray. And well, if you're listening tonight, just uh, just fill in the blanks yourself and you can break these curses off right now. That's the good news. We have authority to break them off in Jesus' name and you can fall out of agreement with them, cancel it and break it off and experience a great amount of freedom just in the next few minutes. Well, Father, in Jesus' name, we come in your presence and Lord, We come before you for the purpose of helping your people to get free from curses that are on their life, generational curses that have come down their family line for multiple generations, as well as curses of evil that's been pronounced against them. In Jesus' name, Father, we take authority over each and every curse, vex, hex, spell, psychic powers, psychic prayers, bewitchments, enchantments, sorceries, witchcraft, voodoo, magic, astrologies, All of these different types of curses in Jesus' name, we break them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the power of your shed blood. We disallow them to have any more further work upon the Christians in Jesus' name. Wherever it's working, in whatever person's life that's bringing sickness, illness, or destruction, or poverty, in Jesus' name, broken relationships, loss of jobs, any curse that's resulting in any kind of devastation, destruction, heartache, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we break those off, and I command them to be broken in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now in Jesus' name, every demon that followed those curses, every evil spirit that came into people's houses or bodies in Jesus' name, the spirit that goes by the name of that curse, you come out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ right now. Every spirit in Jesus' name, accidents, injury, death, destruction, premature death, you demons come out. People just take a deep breath. Tell them in your mind to go and breathe them out. Tell them, I want you out. I disallow you from working in my life anymore. I disallow this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come out right now, all the way out, all cursing in the name of Jesus Christ. Every curse has been pronounced. Every curse of evil, come out in Jesus' name. Go ahead, 
Sharon, take this. All the designs that have come on the people through curses, you come off of the people now in Jesus Christ's name. Also curses that have been put on you by parents, teachers, doctors, co-workers. I command those curses to lift off and I break them over the people now in Jesus Christ's name. All the curses that you're going to fail and poverty, sickness, death, destruction. I break the curses and the family line curses back to Adam and Eve and I command you to come off of the people now in Jesus' name. And Father, wherever we have broken these curses, we loose the angels to go in, like Monty said, and start pulling out these spirits that have come in under these family line curses and the curses that witches and things are sending. And let them that love cursing have it back upon their own heads. And so all of these curses we send back to the heads of the senders and we bind it on them to only come off at a time of repentance in Jesus' name. And Father, Amen. we loose the angels now to go. And all these curses that are against their spiritual life, working to hinder and make them stumble and stop in their walk with God, you come off of the people now too in Jesus' name, and all these hindering demons, you come out of the people now in Jesus Christ's name that are there just to sabotage and to abort and to hinder their walk with God. You come out of the people now in Jesus' name, and we break those family line curses, like the curses with alcoholism, where heaven is as brass. We break those family line curses of the alcohol the drug, the masons, the black magic that's over the Catholic Church. We break the curse of excommunication. When you leave the Catholic Church, you are cursed with, what, a hundred or more curses that affect you even physically. I command curses over physical deformities and things that are affecting your mind, your will and your emotions and your physical body. I break those curses now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and all the demons that came with them. You get out of the people now in Jesus' name. We also break the curse of the bastard in Jesus' name that's blocking people from finding a good church to go to, finding help that they need in Jesus' name. This curse that separates them and hinders them from getting to church, we break that off. And Father, in Jesus' name, whoever is experiencing this marriage-breaking curse right now, I break that. All designs that have been sent against the husband— and the husband is completely oblivious to what's going on and falling into adultery, that design by witches in Jesus' name, I break that off in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, let them wake up and let them see this, and we come against those curses and those witches that are trying to destroy Christian marriages right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, deliver him in Jesus' name, even though his eyes are spiritually blind, so that he can return in Jesus' name to his wife. We break this off in Jesus' name, and we disallow that, and I order you to leave that marriage alone in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we come against and break all the curses to pornography and the addiction in Jesus' name and the shame that runs with that and the destruction of the family in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I ask that you do a work in their mind in Jesus' name to take this away, Father, this addictive thing, Father, that they can resist it and fight it. And we come against all that porn that's being sent as a continual bombardment against the marriages, against the men, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We come against all spells in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, all spells of pornography, harlotry, the addictions, the the arrested development and shame that's tied up with that as a three-stranded cord, Lord. Separate each and every one of those. Bind those spirits up so that these people can get to a place to get the needed help in Jesus' name. Father, we break all of the love potions and things that have been sent against men and women to make them fall in love with someone. We come against all love potions, all poisons, elixirs, methods that uh, witches have used to try to manipulate and control people, cursing them. We break all the curses, too, of financial destruction that are coming against the people and drying up the true works of God in Jesus Christ's name. You come out of the people now in Jesus' name. You loose them. And, Father, we pray that by your Holy Spirit, you will reveal to people who is cursing and where it is cursing and what is coming against their life in Jesus' name and reveal unto them the the needed areas of deliverance that they've got in Jesus' name. And we pray, Father, for your spirit of hope, faith, and love to go forward to encourage people that they have authority over the power of the enemy and that they can bind these demons and that they can loose themselves from everything in Jesus' name.
Father, in Jesus' name, I pray and ask that you bless your people. I lose your favor to go before, Lord, in Jesus' name. Your protection in Jesus' name, Father. We pray that you'll protect your people from accidents, injury, death, and destruction, and protect them, Father, from every curse, Lord. I lose the spirit of understanding to go to your people, Lord, so that they can understand that curses are real and need to be dealt with, Father, because sometimes they're so disheartening when they feel powerless and hopeless, Lord, to combat against these things, and they feel like their marriage is about to be ruined or their job. Father, help your people to rise up, to stand up on the inside and to fight back. Just anoint them with that power and authority, Lord, that they can resist the enemy in their life in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for everybody who received deliverance and freedom from curses today that you would bless them. Bless their coming in and their going out. Lord, you said that whatever we put our hand to should prosper. So I pray for that blessing, Lord, that whatever we set ourselves to do, the work that we undertake, Lord, that there's a prosperity in that instead of being robbed or stolen from because of undealt with curses in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, and we thank you that you sent your son to give us the authority over breaking these off in Jesus' name. Thank you so much, Father. We praise your name. And in Jesus' name, we pray today. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that, Monty and Sharon. Wow, powerful stuff. And people, if you can get out to this Colorado, that's Montrose, Colorado, April 21st to the 23rd. Again, WCCD.com. Just click on the calendar. Get out to this if you can, possibly, because it's going to be a powerful venue. And I'll tell you what, Sharon and Monty, the devil, he is not a happy camper about this upcoming event. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> oh, oh, I we know. see that already. Yeah, uh, we had a call just today. My brother was going to come and his sister-in-law ended up in the hospital with a heart attack. So, I mean, he's playing for keeps and we've got calls of people dying and I mean, so Sheila, we uh, we really need to pray one for another because, you know, you'd think, my gosh, we're 10 people. You know, I mean, we're not like 20,000 people, but I'm telling you. <laughs> well, you know what Leonard Ravenhill said, and I never forgot it. He said, I'd rather have 10 people that really want God than 10 that are playing church. Yeah, yeah. I love him. Uh, I, I love, love Ravenhill. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he was so real. Good. He was real. <laughs> well, listen, I'm really excited about this trip. I'm looking forward to it. And Monty and Sharon, thank you for coming on the show. And of course, after the conference, we'll talk about it too. Yeah, yeah that that'd sounds be great. good. Thank you, Sharon and Monty. Folks, that was Sharon and Monty Mulkey, West Coast Church of Deliverance, WCCD.com. Go to the calendar and get out to Montrose, Colorado, April 21st to the 23rd and come and Get your Power Prayers book signed from me and Carla when you get out there. I'm looking forward to seeing you. Such a blessing, Monty and Sharon Mulkey. Powerhouse, real, genuine couple that love God's people. It's just such a blessing to have them on. Don't forget, Monday, I'm going to have on Mark Taylor. And that is the last show that I'm doing in the month of April. That is April 17th the last show of April, and stay tuned for the end of that program because I'm going to get into some changes that are coming to this ministry. Thank you very much for taking the time out to tune into the broadcast today. Love you all. Good night. God bless.